Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. On episode 39 of the Green Street Hammers podcast, we play West Ham overrated, underrated with the starting 11 and bench players and move on to some Hammers polls questions before looking at the upcoming Everton match away. Keep it locked on the Green Street Hammers podcast. All right, Green Street Hammers podcast is back with episode 39. We have a bit of a packed house for this week's episode. Myself, Adam Hosting, and Jeremiah, as usual, is here. Jeremiah, how are the Rocky Mountains treating you? See, they're beautiful. I can't, cannot complain. Awesome. Lou, how is uh, Northern England treating you? Uh, same answer as usual, really rainy, wet. Obviously, it's wet if it's raining, but yeah, pretty much. Love it. It's the same in Toronto right now, so I'm, I'm, I feel that pain. Uh, and Jeff, you are on for the first time in a little while here. How is uh, the Lone Star State? Oh, we're having our three days of fall this week. It's awesome. I <laughs> love it. <laughs> the scorpions go away for a little while. Is that what fall is for you guys? Yeah. We, we have summer, yeah. then we have Indian summer, and then we have three days of fall, and then we have late summer and then winter. I love that summer wraps fall. That's something only Texas can do, I'm pretty sure. Uh, quite as as depressing as the seasonal changes for some i embrace it i enjoy the brief uh what seems to be shortening period of fall or autumn in canada here uh and i'm sure jeremiah you probably echo that uh in colorado uh sure we have a little bit to talk about in the west end world in the sense that we are coming back from an international break the team is reinvigorated excited ready to go for sure not going to fall on their face or start slow when it comes to this week's match against everton at merseyside uh, again i think lou you're, you're heading out to this match if i'm not mistaken correct i am yeah first uh, match of the season i'm looking forward to it away fans or home fans yes away of course oh, away. awesome i love it i love it uh although it would have been nice to see someone in claire just standing in the middle that would be great <laughs> but i've I, done that before don't worry i've done it before <laughs> perfect perfect i was in, i was in the uh away stand remember when uh oh, sorry home stand right behind the goal when Pia uh hitting that free kick in the cup against man united oh yeah uh, i was I guess... the only one who just stood up and <laughs> i was at that match too <laughs> yeah, I was in that match in the away stands with the West Ham fans. Yep. Oh, oh, you were in the away. Oh, okay. Uh, so Jeff, no, Vigo, I couldn't get tickets for the news. away. So. <laughs> no, I got lucky because not to digress here, but I thought that was that game actually was going to be a league game. I was going to, and it got moved for the cup, and I was lucky enough to get cup tickets. I thought I was going to be holding the bag. There you go. Uh, okay, so guys, um, there's been a little bit of talk as far as West Ham's international players have been getting on. We're not going to really delve too much into that. We're going to sort of look at the squad as a whole, uh, and we're going to judge them from the start of uh, the, the season that Manchester City, uh, yeah, Manchester City match 
uh, where West Ham kind of got thumped to start the season, 5-0. We're going to start there, and we're going to include cup games, international break, uh, training ground. I mean, hell, we can incorporate however exciting they are on social media if that really matters into what you're trying to get your point across to. Uh, and we're going to talk about being overrated, underrated uh, at West Ham and going through this the squad here. So I would like to start, uh, and as mentioned uh, pre-show, I am going to abstain from my votes. Uh, Lewis seemed to rejoice in that piece of news. Uh, but anyways, uh, I'll let the three of you, the more interesting people on the show, have your say, uh, as brief as you want it to be. And we'll start from the back and we'll go with Roberto uh, Jeff, why don't you give us your thoughts on Roberto? Overrated, underrated, or perfectly rated? Well, he's rated only because it hasn't been an absolute disaster yet, but I think uh, I'm waiting for the other boot to drop. Jeremiah, what do you think? I'm going to go with underrated. You certainly can't go overrated uh, in his situation yet, but you know, you, you look back at his history, you look at who he's been, just give him some time, I think. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay positive. And Lou, where do you land? Yeah, I'd say the words I would use is probably unfairly rated. <laughs> oh, question one, Lou's going off the chart. All right, just we're, we're that. throwing a wrench into it. Yeah. <laughs> Why do you say unfairly unfairly rated? Oh, Lou? sorry. Um, I just don't think people have given him uh, much of a chance yet, and like you say, once the first blunder comes in, then um, I'll happily call him uh, for what he is. But until then, I'll that's, be nice to him. That's fair, I think. Uh, thankfully for him, we didn't have a televised, uh, a televised or uh, streamed match for the Oxford game, which I think may have changed our opinions. However, there's <laughs> more games to be played without Fabianski. Uh, who is our next person? So uh, we'll go snake draft here. Lou, Fabianski, underrated, overrated, or appropriately rated? Uh, appropriate. Well, I'd say appropriately uh, rated by West Ham fans, but I'd still say he's um, underrated by fans of the rest of the clubs in the league. Jeremiah? Based on the fact he was called Flappy Hansky not long ago. <laughs> oh, Arsenal fans. Mm-hmm. No, I, I agree with Lou. I think he's, he's, you know, if you look at us, he is perfectly rated, but the rest of the world, he's definitely underrated, and uh, even kind of internationally in some sorts of ways. Uh, I think maybe just because of who he played with more so when he was at Swansea. Um, but yeah, definitely uh, delightfully surprised. Jeff? I'm right along uh, with these guys. Underrated. Underrated. I like that. Despite him being still an awesome keeper, underrated. Uh, he, got, he got a bump in FIFA. So if you want to base your football knowledge, as many people <laughs> do on Twitter, off of FIFA, he had a pretty solid upgrade. Um, okay, we're going to go right back here. And we're gonna. I'm gonna remove Ben Johnson from the list. He hasn't featured for the first team, I don't believe, this year yet. Um, if I'm wrong, correct me. Uh, and he's been injured for a lot of this season so far. So uh, we'll go with Zabaleta, the Swiss Army knife. And Jeff, uh, what are your thoughts? Underrated, overrated? Where do you see him? I'm gonna say underrated, only because I think people uh, see that he's getting along in age and think that he may not have much left to offer. And I think he does. It may not be on the pitch, but I think he has a lot to offer uh, to the other players. I think he has a lot to offer in the locker room as leadership support for Mark Noble. Uh, and I think uh, he has a future, maybe even at this club when his playing days are over. All right, Jeremiah. Yeah, I don't disagree. It definitely can't go overrated. I mean, it's not like everyone's like, "Oh, here comes Zabaleta." I mean, look out, but. I think that, uh, yeah, he's, he's solidly underrated, and I'll take that. 
Lou? Yeah, I think um, I think they've nailed it pretty much. Uh, I've not got a lot to add. <laughs> All right, I, I think like they've to, nailed it. Yeah, I'll be I'll be comparing here. I'll say he's overrated. Um, everyone likes to give him the old, uh, you know, what he what he has done rating. Uh, and there's a there's a reason that Ryan Fredericks hasn't even been challenged for a starting spot, and I think it's because Zabaleta may have the wheels come off a little bit here. That doesn't mean that he's not a good player. I just think the legendary status he holds in a lot of people's minds isn't maybe mm-hmm. as justified as possible here. Uh, and there I go. I broke my own rules three players into this. Uh, Ryan Fredericks. <laughs> Lou, start us off. Overrated, underrated. What do you got? Uh, I'd say... I'd say rated probably about fairly among West Ham fans at the minute. I think people know he still has uh, more to give and things to improve on probably defensively. But um, I think people are starting to appreciate uh, the player he is and what he brings to the team. Jeremiah? I'm going to go underrated. I think if you put him on any other club, if you put him on Liverpool and Arsenal, you know, a, a traditional top six club, people are going to be ranting and raving about how his speed, his pace, and everything in between. So, yeah, I'll go underrated. And Jeff? And I'll say rated, but I agree with uh, the opinions that those two guys gave. I've loved him since he joined the club. Awesome. That's a very positive outlook there. I love it. Um, guys, Fabian Balbuena. Jeff, I'll let you start us there. We're, we haven't seen much of him, but has there been anything to be excited about? Gosh, then I think that you have to say that he's been overrated. And uh, obviously the manager may have seen something and has seen something uh, with his performance in the training ground that we don't get to see. And then we get into the whole, well, we need to have a left-footed, right-footed pairing at center back. And he's lost his spot and hasn't been able to do anything to get back in there. Jeremiah? Yeah, it's tough. I think I think you want to say overrated because uh, he came in and had a fantastic year last year. But realistically, I'm going to go rated. I think he's right where he is. I mean, for the price that he came in at, second year, getting, you know, like you said, he kind of got taken over in that spot. And um, he's just kind of been what he's been for me. And Lou, what do you got? I'll, I'll go for uh, underrated because I think – like um, you've said, he did a very dependable job last year and we actually missed him when he was out. And he had a couple of shaky performances to start the season, but I don't think he'll have changed that much in just a matter of a few months that he's gone to a a bad player. I still think once he gets his chance again, he'll probably take it. Yeah, I, I'm torn on this one too. I'll, I'll, I'll stay true. I'm abstaining. I'm abstaining. Uh, okay, uh, next up is Goncalo Cardoso? Nope. Uh, Winston Reed? Nope. Uh, Angelo Ogbonna. Angelo Ogbonna. Lou, what do you think? Has this guy been underrated, overrated, or appropriately rated? Probably underrated over the past few seasons. I think people looked on him as this calamitous uh, defender, but I think he's had as many very good games for us as he has a you know, poor ones, and I think this season he's certainly proven his worth. Jeremiah? Yeah, I'm going to stick with the underrated theme on that. I think it same thing like you said. People have given him a lot of slack. I've been giving him a lot of slack, and he's delightfully surprised us, and he's, he's playing well once again. He's back to the old form. And Jeff? 
I'm just going to say he's properly rated because of the inconsistency. So he's been overrated at times. He's been underrated at times. And he's been in the middle. So that, to me, is just he's found his level. That's about what he is. Perfect. Perfect. Nice little bookend there. And we'll go right next to uh, Issa Diop, the next superstar that West Ham has developed. What do you got, Jeff? My inclination is to say underrated, but let's not let anybody know that. So let's just say he's properly rated so the bigger clubs don't keep sniffing around with these outrageous <laughs> offers. In the papers. I, I heard Ed Woodward listens to this podcast, uh, so that's oh, probably a yeah. smart move. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremiah, what do you think? I'm going to throw a wrench into this. I'm actually going to say overrated right now. Ooh. And I think, yeah, I know. Throw the Put the, put the boo <laughs> button on. But uh, I, I think last year was uh, fantastic to see. And coming in, he's still young. But I think just how he played last year, it hasn't maybe as equated as much this season. I think a lot of times Zagbana has been the better center back. And um, he's got he's got a ways to go. So I will uh, screw things up a bit and say overrated. Lou? Uh, Jeremiah stole my bold wow. and controversial yes. claim. Now you're the poser. <laughs> no, just because I think he's still got a few weaknesses to his game. Like he sometimes a uh, rush of blood comes to his head and positioning and things like that. But the price banded about by Manchester United in the summer, or the rumored uh, bid anyway, was. Uh, I don't think he's worth that much yet. Anyway, potentials through the but, roof on him. Uh, he has got, yeah, exactly, a potential. He has the potential to be world class. But if we're rating him right now, I think uh, I think there's justification for both sides there for sure. As far as it goes for uh, impact on the team, I think Jeff may have may have justification there. Uh, okay, uh, left back, two left backs, two starting quality left backs, and Lou. What do you think about Aaron Cresswell? Is he living off of two good performances? Yeah, I think we discussed in the uh, podcast last week that he earned his contract off the last two performances. And uh, I don't think... I mean, you like to think they wouldn't give someone a contract based on a few good games, but I wouldn't be surprised with the owners we have. So <laughs> I'd say... I don't know. I don't know what to say... With regards to underrated or overrated, but I'd have Masawako in the same over. Oh, that, that's telling in and of itself. Jeremiah, what do you say? That's a bold statement on this uh, podcast, yeah. But uh, I'm going to go with just perfectly rated for now. I think coming back from injury, playing how he's played, and it's only been two matches, but I think he's just kind of right in the middle where he needs to be. I'm going to steal what Jeff said. He was, he's been overrated at times, underrated at times, so we'll put him in the middle. Jeff, would you like to steal your own point back? <laughs> yeah, I, I think he's been underrated. I really do. I, I think he gets a lot of stick for no reason. I think he's been pretty solid when he's gotten the opportunity. He, you know, I think looking back on it now, he took a long time to come recover from that injury he had. I think that was two summers ago. It's just now rounding back. I would like to say that this podcast is better without my opinions, as you guys literally picked three different options there. <laughs> we have differentiating views, which is great. Uh, holding midfield, Declan Rice, Jeff, kick us off. Underrated, overrated, or not quite, uh, or sorry, or uh, rated in the middle. He's underrated. Everybody knows he's underrated. The only people who say that he's not are the people that are jealous that he plays for West Ham and are trying to, you know, pick him away from us. Yeah, it's but just Harry not Winks is really good too, man. Come on. 
Sure. <laughs> Great. You know, the thing about a player like Declan Rice and the position he plays is if you don't watch him week in and week out, you don't understand. And when you do watch him week in and week out, he's the type of player in a position that when they're doing their job well, that's not flashy. And so you have to understand that when you're watching a player of his caliber, but he is underrated. And, and outside of Fabianski, losing him, knock on wood, would make me more nervous than losing anybody on the squad right now. I'll just silently knock over here for the rest of the episode. He's the English Sergio Busquets. Jeremiah, what do you think? Yeah, he's clearly clearly underrated. I mean, like I've said on this on this podcast and a bunch of other places, he. I mean, the the, the center defensive mid role is uh, to me is a is a dying art. It's a lost art, and to, he's a dude. He is the to me the first name on the team sheet every match. And like you said, the only reason he's not playing for a team's a top six team right now, and I say right now because I think West Ham's going to get there eventually. But Ooh. the reason he's, he's just getting that slack, he, he is totally getting that slack that he's not on a good team. And, you know, when England loses, they blame it on him. And it's it's a whole thing. Yes, England cannot score against Czech Republic. It must be the defensive midfielder's fault. <laughs> Lou, what, what do you think? Yeah, underrated again. I think he's been getting a lot of slack recently, like you say, uh, due to a couple of England performances where absolutely everyone played bad. And I think England fans are taking out on him, which must obviously mean he's overrated, even though <laughs> pretty much every game for us is at least a 7 out of 10. Mm-hmm. And you know what? As long as we rate him, it doesn't really matter, does it? Exactly. And a 7 out of 10 for West Ham in the past would be uh, a good player in a loss, but now that is a great player in a team that's contending for European positions. So it holds a lot more water as, as far as the season's concerned. Uh, Keep the microphone close, Lou, because we'll jump back in with everyone's favorite West Ham player, Carlos Sanchez. What do you think? (laughs) I mean, he's just rated fairly because no one rates him, really. (laughs) I don't know if they can even terminate his contract right now fast enough. I mean, yeah, if there was one player I could get rid of from the squad, uh, you know, right now, it would certainly be him. And I'd be very scared if he ever had to come in for Declan Rice uh, in a Premier League game. He, he didn't make the bench against Crystal Palace, so that should tell you just about everything you need to know. Uh, <laughs> Jeremiah, what do you think? I think this is worthy of a skip. but uh, Do it then. Hit the skip button. <laughs> skip it. I'm hitting the skip button because, yeah, there's just nothing good to say. Jeff, what do you think? We can't top that line. Perfect. Perfect. Okay, Jeff, then you can tee us off on Mark Noble. Oh, come on. He's underrated. Everybody knows the guy's never made an appearance for England in his entire career. He's been playing for West Ham since he was 17 years old. When he's not in the side, we crumble. When he's in the side, we play our best team football. He's completely underrated. Jeremiah? Well, the the passion that Jeff threw in there, I cannot top. But I will say, I feel like Mark Noble's even going to be 84 playing like shuffleboard or bingo and still be underrated. So, yeah, the dude is just completely underrated, and he's always going to be that way, but that's how we like him. In every aspect of life. Lou, what do you got? Yeah, it's a clean sweep. Um, I can't really add much to what they say. Uh, they've <laughs> said it very eloquently. This podcast sucks again. Uh, he's getting a lot more love this year from pundits. I, maybe it's because West Ham are playing better, but I don't know. I like to see that. Uh, it's Also, we're not going to lose him to like a top six club. Uh, okay, we're going to move to... Um, more central midfielders positions here, and we're going to go with Jack Wilshire. Lou, do you think he's 
done enough to even get a rating? Oof. Are we basing it on this season? Yes, so this season. I don't from... know why I'm asking that. I don't know why I'm asking this like halfway in. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you have to start over. Throw out the recording. Yes, this season, starting from Manchester City and on. Um, probably overrated. Probably because I think in pre-season he earned a lot of plaudits and new fans, including me. And I think I even tweeted that he was our best midfielder, but that certainly doesn't look to be the case at the minute. So uh, I'd say overrated, just based on me, really. <laughs> Hot take. All right, what do you think there, Jeremiah? I'm going to agree with the overrated. I think that uh, coming in, the big thing that everybody was saying, even us, was you know if he could stay healthy, you know, look out, we can get the Jack Wilshire back from days gone. But yeah, after a great preseason, um, he's kind of been non-existent, really. Jeff. He is overrated. He's he's over, oh, my cousin is an Arsenal supporter, and when we signed Jack Wilshire, he was like, "Hey, you got Jack Wilshire. Get ready to go absolutely crazy." And he was one hundred percent correct. Uh, I would I would I want to chime in here uh, again. I'll break the rules. They're my rules. I can break them. Uh, mm-hmm. When we did the we did a pre match uh, piece with the Watford boys over at Hornets Nest, I believe, uh, and. Uh, the player they picked out that they would want to join their team was Jack Wilshere. And I think his name holds a lot more water than we've ever seen. I know that. And I know we've seen him play. In the, I mean, when he played for Bournemouth, he was fine. Like, he was a good player. He stayed healthy. He impacted the game. He hasn't been given an opportunity here. But when you look at the cup games he's played in, he's literally scored a goal because his pass was so bad that it surprised the defender that it hit. And he just walked in with the ball after that and, and put it in the net. So... He needs a string of games. I, I'm fully backing him to step up in this Everton match, but I would say overrated as well. Um, all right, Jeff. I think it's Jeff's turn. Uh, Manuel Lanzini, what do you got? Overrated. And that's going to be an unpopular thing for my own teammates right here. But, guys, when he shows up and plays, he's great. But he's wildly inconsistent, and there are stretches during the course of a season and even a game where he completely disappears and can't get it done. Injuries aside, he's overrated. Uh, Jeremiah? You know, I was just giving you a lot of slack right there, but I completely agree. <laughs> uh, I, I get so frustrated at Lanzini because I, I love Lanzini. I feel like everybody does. We have a great song after him, and when he's on, he's on. But moreover than not, he's not on. And when he's not on, he just doesn't have it. I think uh, you saw it coming in. I saw. I know I'm going longer than we're supposed to, but when he came on and replaced Fornals, he looked like he was playing better in that match. But still, it was, I was still underly impressed. And Lou, yeah, I don't want to agree, but I think they've probably made fair points uh, to convince me otherwise. Yeah, he's just not consistent enough. Uh, obviously, like you say, when he's on, it is. Like looks like probably our best player when he's in the mood, but uh, recently he's just been a passenger in games, and he needed to do more in that Crystal Palace match. Mm-hmm. And uh, if he did, we probably would have, you know, got something out of it. Yeah, I don't think you're wrong there, any of you guys. Uh, all right, another uh, great, exciting attacking <laughs> midfield player, Pablo Fornals. Lou, what do you think? I'll go underrated. 
based on I think people are writing him off so quickly and they're not giving him any time to settle in. He's been in out of the team and he's not really had any consistency game time wise. I think he has a lot more to give, so I think people just need to give him a chance. And Jeremiah? Yeah, I'm going to, I think, perfectly rated. Uh, and yeah, I think the reason with that is, is like, he's kind of come in, he's kind of been, he's been up and he's been down and he's kind of been all around. But I, I think realistically, he's kind of perfectly, for me, right where he's supposed to be at, coming into Premier League for the first time. And he's like, like you said, uh, he's not getting a lot of runs out. And um, for so for me, he's just kind of right where he's supposed to be. Jeff, do you have anything that's uh, a little bit different, or are you with these guys that he's underrated? I'm with these guys. Let, let's just say he's rated to underrated. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> guys, I, would, I was going to go overrated. This guy came in with a 26 oh. million pound price tag, ripping up the under-21 World Cup, and he can't do anything against like uh, Palace or you know Norwich or whoever he's getting in against. He's not even taking over games that he's playing lower league oppositions. I, I just – I don't know. We haven't seen it yet from him, so I don't, I don't think – I don't know. We can't base anything that we've seen him as a West Ham player do be, you know, worthy of us basing judgment off of to make him underrated. So I say, I say over. Um, okay, left-sided attackers. Uh, sorry, left-sided attacker. The only player that we have that plays the left side, Felipe Anderson. Jeff, what do you got on our Brazilian bad boy? I think he's properly rated. I think. Uh, Despite the fact that he's gone in a long stretch here without actually scoring a goal, I think the eyeball test week in and week out proves that he's probably our most talented player and he has the ability to make things happen offensively for this club. Love it. Jeremiah? Yeah, I can't disagree with that at all. I think that uh, you're absolutely right on there, Jeff, and, and he's got what it takes. I think, you know, we just, some people try to write him off too fast and he's just perfectly where he's supposed to be and I haven't written him off and I'm excited to see what he can do. Blue? I don't think it would be fair to uh, rank or rate Lanzini as overrated and then do the opposite with Anderson when they're similar talent levels and similar consistency, which, well, is both consistently inconsistent. So I think I'll, I'll go overrated just based on the fact... We know we can do more, but he just doesn't on a consistent basis. Anytime anyone wants to pull up a hot, hot heat reference like consistently inconsistent, I'm all in for <laughs> that. Uh, all right, we'll go across the pitch to the right side. Uh, we'll skip Antonio and we'll jump in on Robert Snodgrass. Lou, do you think that we've seen enough to even rate him? Uh, no, I think he's probably fairly rated at the minute based on... Uh, what we've seen so far this season, and that's rated not very highly, by the way. I mean, he's just uh, retired from Scotland, doesn't he? So I think that says it all. I don't know whether he knows he's on the on the slide, but um, yeah, I'll fairly rated, but uh, not very well rated. And Jeremiah. Yeah, I think if we were looking at a uh, career overall, you would say underrated. But since we're looking at just this season, you got to think fairly rated. Um, excited to see if he gets more opportunities to come out and what he can do. Always excited to see what McMessey can do. But, uh, yeah, I would just say perfectly kind of rated where he's supposed to be. And Jeff? 
Yeah, I agree. He's he's perfectly rated for where he's been and the opportunities, the limited opportunities he's had this season so far. Yeah, I can't disagree with you guys on that one. He, he just wanted to look it up there. He's under contract until the end of the tw- end of next season, uh, June thirtieth, twenty twenty one, with an option for a, a further year. Um, I'd be interested to see because he's one of those guys who's like a locker room guy that that sort of, uh, you know is more there to make sure everyone's working hard in training and there's a good morale around the club. Uh, I can see him being an enforcer behind Noble as far as, you know, the level of standard of play. So I'd like to see him still around the club. I think he can also do a job, but uh, again, we haven't seen him enough. So you guys are totally right there. Uh, We'll go with Yarmolenko and Jeff kick us off here. Well, since you're asking me today, I think I'm going to say he's properly rated. If you would ask me a few weeks ago, I would have said he was overrated, and I have st- I've struggled understanding. Are we watching a player who now is coming back fully fit at the top of his game, or are we just watching a player who's okay, who's in a bit of a hot streak right now and is going to disappear in another couple of weeks when his form starts to fade? Interesting question there. Jeremiah, what do you think? I am going to disagree with that. I'm going to say, oh, uh, sorry, underrated. Um, I think with the looking at how he's played this year so far for us coming back from a tough injury he's played well i mean yeah a lot of times he was crap until he scored in a lot of different matches but you got to give him time to come back even internationally he's played really well i mean ukraine looked good the other day i don't know if you guys caught that or saw anything about that and i think that just there's more to come lou i think he's probably appropriately rated at this moment in time i think most west ham fans can See that is our, you know, one of our main goal threats at the minute, and you know he's improving on his all-round play as well, and he's setting up chances over the last few games. So uh, I think uh, most West Ham fans appreciate what he's doing at the minute. Yeah, when everyone talks about West Ham's new attack, Felipe Anderson, Manuel Lanzini, Sebastian Allaire, Andre Yarmolenko, that was the narrative before the season started, and we didn't see anything from Yarmolenko outside of one good game last season. So I think appropriately rated is exactly it because nobody counted him out. They just counted him as injured and unfit. So I think that's a, a good take there. Uh, Albion Ayeti, uh, or Ajeti, I don't know what the pronunciation is in Switzerland. Lou, what do you think? Uh, I don't think we've seen enough to really forge an opinion either way. He's played two cup games, that's it, and he's not done much in either of them, but I don't think it's enough to judge him. And Jeremiah, what do you think? I think oddly, I'm going to go oddly he's overrated, and it's not his fault. I think whenever we brought him in, when I signed him, everybody sees, oh, we're signing at West Ham, signing a striker. We're bringing somebody in. He's going to be, you know, the next best thing. Look how he's doing in Switzerland and, and all that. And, and to none of it, his credit, obviously, what he did on the pitch. But coming in, a new league, a new team, a new style of play. Um, so I think, like I said, overrated. But it really, it's not his fault. It's kind of what we built him up to be. Jeff? I just think we haven't seen enough. He's not, he's not, and haven't seen enough to be rated at all. How about that? I think mm-hmm. that's appropriate and succinct. Uh, and we're going to end with Sebastian Allaire. Jeff, do you have a take on our enigmatic striker? I lost what order we were going in, but I'm so glad you came to me first on this because <laughs> this guy is horribly, criminally underrated. It's not just the goal scoring. It's the way that he 
breaks up play when he needs to. He comes back. He holds up the ball. He sets up his teammates. He's involved. I mean, this guy is unlike a striker that I've seen play for West Ham, and he has been a revelation to me beyond the goal scoring. Jeremiah? Yeah, I completely agree. He's everything that I wanted and I think a lot of other people wanted as a West Ham striker, not just scoring goals, but all around can in, really has played better than a lot of people we've seen in that position for years and years just with his hold-up play and his team play. I mean, you hear him talked about everywhere, but still, I think he's definitely underrated for the amount of different skills that he has. And Lou? To be fair, I don't think it's hard to uh, look better than Simone, Zaza, and Andy Carroll. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he's a breath of a uh, fresher uh, in terms of what he does for the team and uh, what he contributes. And I think he's only going to get better, to be honest. Yeah, I, I can't disagree with you guys there. The only thing keeping him out of that France international team is the fact that I go, always go, oh, Olivier Giroud, like, what, what's he going to do? And then he scores every single match, and it makes me so yeah. mad. Uh, <laughs> but he would look great up top of that team. Although, you could argue it's probably a positive that he's not on that team because him succeeding with the likes of Antoine Griezmann or Usman Dembele gets a little bit more attention on him a la Payet. So, guys, thank you for taking part in what turned out to be a longer but uh, insightful segment of this podcast. Hell, we'll call it a half of this podcast. Uh, and I think we kind of we touched on a lot of things, and I wouldn't say that we were necessarily polarizing from each other, but we were. Uh, I think we covered all of our bases here and probably – Everyone who's going to listen to this is going to feel, okay, I feel represented here. So for that, we did a great job. Hats off to us. Again, I'm still knocking on wood. Uh, We're going to take a quick little break here, and when we come back, we are going to jump into the Everton match ahead. All right, welcome back. Uh, We are again here to talk about the upcoming match against Everton for West Ham. Uh, It's match day nine. I don't like saying match week because – you know, at a certain point in time, the weeks blend, there's international breaks. So we're going with match day. Um, it's a 7.30 a.m. kickoff for me here in Toronto, Ontario, in beautiful Canada. That would be a 6.30 a.m. kickoff for Jeff, an 8.30 a.m. kickoff for my friend Jeremiah. And that is mm, a... You're going the wrong way. Come on. Am I doing it again? Yeah. You just got to keep going backwards, man. It's 5.30 a.m. Oh, yeah, we jumped ahead. Wow. Okay. You know what? Math isn't my strong suit, but Lou, it isn't yours either. I think that's a, a 12.30 kickoff for you, right? Yeah, but it's 12.30 uh, over here. Nailed it. Okay. Well, two out of four ain't bad. Uh, wait, no, I got three out of four. Okay. Anyways, Colorado, it proves difficult. Um, guys, if we looked at the table right now, uh, let's say I had it right in front of me here. Everton are sitting in 18th place. They have two wins, one draw, five losses on the season. Uh, And they have lost four of their last five matches. Now, this sounds like a beautiful situation when it comes to playing a team. However, when it comes to West Ham, uh, usually there's a meme on Twitter that goes around that says, oh, a team's not playing well, enter West Ham. And I have that deep down feeling inside my gut, but it's not as strong as it was when we played Crystal Palace. Jeff, does this look like a potential banana skin game coming out of the international break? Or are you confident in the hammers here? 100% 100% this is a banana skin game. This is West Ham for gosh sakes. And I am going to I am watching this game with a very very curious eye. Coming out of the international break of the team coming back together, 
that's number one. You know, we have Roberto in goal again. I'm, that's always a curious thing. But when you have a team and you're going on the road and you're playing a team that's going to be desperate, can we match their intensity level? And I'm sure all of us can go through our, our mental checklist of West Ham matches over the last couple of years. The one that always comes to mind for me is away at Brighton a couple of years ago when we threw everything but the kitchen sink at them after sleepwalking through the first half and lost one to nothing. There's just all these matches that West Ham can't see to get a handle on and I think this is one of those yeah I I I want to say that that's not going to be the case but I feel like it probably is going to be um to to sort of project uh what's going to happen in this game Uh, their attack's really a solid attack Dominic Calvert-Lewin up top Sigurdsson behind him on the right side Richarlison on the left side Awobi and then you have uh Bernard on the bench who can obviously come off same with Moise Keane uh, their new addition from Juventus. He's he's gone eight games without a goal, so he's probably ready to to actually do something there uh, as far as impact the offense. But their captain Seamus Coleman will be out on a red card suspension for this match. He picked up two yellow cards in their loss to Burnley, uh, and that will be Jabril Sidibe coming in to to start in place for him. Uh, Lou, do you look at this team and think? they're underperforming or do you look at this team and think, you know, this makes sense. They're where they're at right now. I think on paper, uh, you'd definitely say they're underperforming. I mean, people were predicting this team to compete for top six, seven with the likes of Leicester and uh, us this season, but obviously they're in the relegation zone uh, eight games in. Yeah, but I think. Sorry, go uh, ahead. I think. Sorry, I think on the uh, like I say on paper, uh, they should be doing better. But I think a lot of the players get overrated. Uh, I think Sigurdsson, his stats are very good, but when you uh, watch a full game of him, you can understand why Everton fans get very frustrated with him. And I think most want him out of the team at the minute. Uh, oh, well, all my family's Everton fans, and they all. Uh, they like moan to me about Sigurdsson <laughs> and how and he's like I guess he's like I wouldn't say Lanzini because we still want Lanzini to play but in terms of effectiveness and consistency wise uh, I don't think he has as much impact as outsiders uh, from other clubs would just presume and in terms of midfield, um, sorry, who's the manager? Silver. He keeps playing Schneiderlin, and the fans certainly aren't happy with that because I think ever since he's been at the club bar, a couple of couple of uh, good months, he has been an absolute disaster for them. But he keeps persisting with Schneiderlin in the middle of the park, and I only hope to God. He does the same for Saturday because I think we can certainly exploit him with the attacking options we have. Yeah, I, it's hard to it's hard to pick out this team and what they would look like if they didn't have Sigurdsson on the pitch. 
Uh, I'm sure you know your family members who are Everton fans would probably all agree that if there's a dead ball around the penalty area or just outside the box, there's no one on the team they'd rather have behind the ball. But as far as yeah, maybe team, maybe Dina to be fair is a good set piece taker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's 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 a fair that's a fair pick there. You know, West Ham fans can appreciate a good set piece taker from left back. I'm sure these days, uh, <laughs> but. There's no there's no one on the bench to replace him. Maybe if you play Bernard in the middle, but he is more of a left sided attacker. Outside of that, it's Andre Gomes is their is their midfielder who's you know attacking. Tom Davies more of a central midfielder. So if he's not playing well for them, you can understand how that's toppling their team because he's the joint between two defensive midfielders and an attacking front three. So it makes sense. Jeremiah, I'll give you your personal question here, and anyone else, you guys can chime in afterwards. Uh, if you were to, to handpick somebody from this team to directly replace someone from West Ham, who's coming in and who's coming out? Ooh, boy, that's tough. And, and you, you name a lot of t- you name a lot of players on Everton that West Ham have been linked with before. So that's easy to kind of look at them. You look at Gomez, obviously, or Gomes, uh, Sigerson. I know we were linked with before. There's even links to Keane at one point. Um, and then you know you have the comparisons between Felipe Anderson and Richarlson. Um, a lot of people have been talking about the comparisons between that. It's tough, man. I think um, this is going completely against uh, everything that you just mentioned, Lou, but with uh, Sigerson. <laughs> I think I think that bringing him in, and just when you mentioned a dead ball, whenever we were linked with him a couple years ago, really, I was really, really, really hoping that he was going to come over and kind of devastated when he didn't. And I think God, it's tough, though, to say who you would replace him with. Um, definitely not replacing him with Noble. So I guess for the time being and this is going to probably change my opinion next week i'm going to get a lot of haters for this but i think bringing him and him in and if you switch him out maybe with lanzini um it could be it could look solid i think just his ability to hold the ball a little bit maybe more comfortably in the middle and it could play all play more well off of that i think so definitely probably butchered that up but yeah that's what we're going with (laughs) hey hey sigurdsson made a career for fernando lorente by just picking him out with over the top long ball Mm -hmm. so maybe that would work with sebastian allaire as well uh, Jeff, do you have do you have someone you want to take out of this team? Yeah. Sure, I'm going to totally cop out and say, why not Jordan Pickford? We that have was a my pick, right? Come <laughs> on, this is obvious, guys. Ooh. Let's start from the back Ooh. out. Hey, he's Don't got they little want arms him gone too? He's got little arms, man. That's the T Rex. Although when we played them last season, didn't uh, maybe the season prior, Arnautovic just kind of embarrassed him by just walloping a shot directly at him and he couldn't really handle the the tight swerve on it that was kind of funny to watch i think maybe two seasons ago uh lou do you have someone on this team that you want to yoink out of it yeah the guy i just mentioned uh, a little earlier dina obviously we have lots of problems at left back and uh, everton have problems all over the pitch but one position uh, where they're sorted, I think is definitely left left back with Dina. It's pretty solid defensively, and he offers a lot going forward. And like I say, uh, he's very good at set pieces as well. Is Chelsea's transfer ban two years or one year? One, I think. Just one. Okay, he's if let's say Everton struggle and don't get European football, I can see Dina being, you know just perfect for them to pluck out and place in their team. I think they've got Alonzo and Emerson right now, uh, who both of them aren't world beaters as it stands. I think you could see someone like him jump up to uh, impact a team. And Chelsea's a young, exciting, attacking team. I think that'd be a a no-brainer there, although I wouldn't hit him on our team either. Uh, We have an official score prediction piece coming out here, so we won't go into specifics here, uh, but let's go around the table. 
<clears throat> excuse me, I'm getting all emotional thinking about football being back. Uh, <laughs> let's go on the table and just give our confidence meter. And if, if we're predicting a win, a draw, or a loss, and we'll, we'll go reverse again here. Lou, what do you got? I'll plump for a... I don't think we get many, there's many draws between us and Everton at Goodson, but I think uh, it's likely going to be a draw. Maybe 1-1, possibly 2-2. Uh, I think we'll cancel each other out. I think we've both got good teams, and they'll they've got to be up for it. If they're not up for it, then Silver's got to go. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, two two. Jeremiah. Yeah, I don't know if I have a, a official prediction score yet, but I'm going to go with the win. I think that, uh, like you said, like both of you just said, you know, they they have to be up for it, or, or Silva's gone. It's been written in the papers it's all over the place that so he's got like this match and maybe a couple more and he's out and, and uh, i think the team's going to be up for that but i think that they might be playing a little bit over the top and maybe too too aggressive um for that matter so i, I do think hope that west ham can, can take advantage of that with maybe some counterattacking, uh some good team play pass up through the middle and uh, take advantage of their over aggressiveness i feel like an idiot every time i say this but i feel like there's going to be a lot of goals in this match uh <laughs> West Ham have the the I guess uh, positive of a backup right back and Michael Keane and Yerimina both being massively overrated. Keane got exposed when they played the Czech Republic quite often uh, and was a factor in them losing uh, England losing that match. Pickford, uh, good keeper, but I think you know we have players that can put the ball where he can't get to, the likes of Anderson and Yarmolenko. Uh, so I, I feel like there's goals there to be had, but then again, if Sigurdsson wants to curl one and, and, you know, put it on net, we've seen that Roberto doesn't like to get his kit dirty. So there's a chance that, that, you know, just the, the, the idea of putting balls on net, a very hockey term pucks on net, uh, getting balls on net could be the plan for, for Everton here. And, you know, we could see a goal fest. I'd like to think West Ham win. I'll give them a four, two win, uh, in what will be match of the week. Uh, Jeff, why don't you give us the close out here? I, I hope that they score four goals. That would be fantastic. And I'm going to chalk my opinion up to being sad over the two weeks of international break and have totally forgotten about the West Ham performances in the last two matches uh, that have showed us have a dip in form. So I'm going to say my confidence is a little bit high going into this one, uh, but I'm not sure that we can eke out a win. I would love to see that, but I, I'm going to agree that maybe a draw would be a good result here, uh, and then we regroup from this one. Wow, a lot of a lot of skepticism. Can't say some negativity so going on. Uh, guys, as always, we're going to finish the episode by going through and hammering out some hammers, pulls, questions. Uh, we will go, we've been doing everything reverse snake draft here. So Jeff, get ready, get your thinking cap on. Uh, the first one comes in, uh, six hours ago, 243 votes sitting on it here. Reports ahead of Everton are suggesting that Mazuaku will likely miss the game with the Toffees. He's coming off international duty with, uh, Dimin- uh with, uh, Congo, I believe. Uh, and I think he played really well in those games from what I'm hearing. Uh, Cresswell hobbled off against Palace, although that's two weeks ago, uh, which means the Hammers could be down to bare bones at left back should Cresswell not make it back in time. Who replaces him? Do you have Johnson coming off of some injury delay or Zabaleta starting at left back? Jeff? I have Ben Johnson, but I think Manuel Pellegrini would have Pablo Zabaleta. All right, Jeremiah. Yeah, I'm going to go with Zaba. I think all the things that we said before, his leadership ability, he's lost a step, obviously, but I think that he, you know, he's going to be a good fit in there. 
Ben Johnson, he's growing. He's played well, but just not ready up for this type of game. Lou? Yeah, I think I'd agree with Zabaleta. He came on in the Aston Villa match when we were down to them men and did a very dependable job. So if he you know, was forced to come on in this match, uh, I wouldn't have too many qualms. I've I've clicked ahead here and I have the answers which are quite shocking, but I will agree with I'll agree with all four of you. I think uh Jeff, you're saying that your your heart is saying Johnson, but your head is saying Zabaleta. Um yeah. I would too. I also think something people aren't taking into consideration <clears throat> is that he would be lining up against Richarlison, who is a notable hothead who gets frustrated when people play him physical. Zabaleta likes to take a take a card and you know likes to get in on a dirty tackle here and there. And as well, he's South American. I think he could push a lot of buttons on Richarlison to mm-hmm. either coax out some you know red card behavior or just get under his skin and get him off his game. I would love to see that in action there. Um, 81% of people said Ben Johnson, though. So uh, <laughs> what the hell do we know? Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. Um, okay, question from Hammers fan 02380, uh, reiterated from Hammers polls. With more, quote, plastic fans in the modern grounds and higher demand for away tickets, should away allocations be higher? I don't fully understand this. Um, do any of you guys understand the away ticket allocation system? Um, I think not really. In the in the league, I think uh, team home teams are entitled to give whatever they want. But I think in the cup, I think it's fifteen percent of the whole allocation of the stadium. Mm-hmm. But um, no, I, I think it completely depends on the club, and I think they should. You know, decide what what to give out because you know we we obviously sell a lot of tickets away, but it's not going to be the same for every team. So I don't think I don't see really see how that would work. I, I think this is kind of an ignorant question to be honest, because it's it's being framed as plastic fans wrecking the experience for away fans. But it says with more plastic home fans at modern grounds and higher demand for away tickets, should allocations be higher? If anything, plastic fans, home, plastic home fans, would be affecting the home allocation, uh, and you're also talking about then quote plastic fans traveling to away games for these teams they're supporting. So, to me, it's a completely jumbled question. I think a lot of people don't understand. You can't differentiate between plastic fans and the game growing to an international level with you know TV money and, and external revenue being pumped into it from overseas. Uh, for instance, uh, Jeff, Jeremiah, and I have all Je- Jeremiah. You've been over to see a match, correct? I have. I've never been to the London Stadium, but yeah, I've been to Bolin. So all three of us have tra- traveled from North America to come over and see a game. Are we plastic fans because we didn't grow up you know a neighborhood away? I'd like to think no. I'd like to think that my thousands of dollars journey over there makes me something a little bit more than a quote-unquote plastic fan yep. uh but also at the same and also sitting like lou look at you like you chose you chose west ham over everton which is where you're from uh, or that <laughs> area uh and you are sitting amongst in hostile territory amongst a bunch of everton supporters and like you did against manchester united if some ball goes in that net you're going to be jumping up and, and cheering so does that make you any different? I think this is someone trying to vent frustration with the fact that they didn't get an away ticket and they'd like to find someone to blame. So why not coax out some plastic fans? Uh, I don't know. My face is red right now. What do you guys think? I don't. I didn't think that uh, 
I didn't think West Ham was capable of having plastic fans, if I'm being honest, but I guess maybe <laughs> yeah. you could. Uh, but definitely not going. You're not a plastic fan if you're going to away matches uh, to watch, not in that environment. And uh, additionally, on top of that, I, I do think I'm kind of like everyone else. I don't have a lot of understanding of how it works. I think that having season, season tickets might have a play into how the away tickets are handed out as well. But, yeah, I think it's a jumbled question. Uh, what do you th- what do you say, Jeff? Anything you want to add in there? No, I, I agree with everybody, and I think the plastic fan things is okay. So what? So say a couple day trippers want to go to a game at a, at London Stadium, but then they turn into West Ham fans because of the experience they had that day. So what? That's what. That's how. That, that's how it works, right? <laughs> hey Lou, hey, pipe down. It's getting better, all right. If if I if I did not didn't know anything to do with West Ham and I just happened to come across a game one day I don't think I'd be going back in anytime soon <laughs> hey, what about so, that Norwich match come on that would have been uh, fun to go to <laughs> yeah, maybe I do have one. a quick uh, a quick funny story off of that I know a lot of you guys might know who Nick Stampar is or you might follow him on Twitter yes. or seen him he and his brother just did a, a huge kind of Euro trip all over uh, really all over a lot of Eastern Europe but they were able to go to two West Ham matches and his brother, who didn't really have a liking at all for football, went to those two matches, went to a West Ham Way event, and now is uh, in love with Claire and Blue. See? There you go. <laughs> I rest the kicks. There you go. That proves me wrong. Maybe that's just an indictment on North American sporting communities uh, because you see an event like that or, you know, the culture around it in England. It's a, it's a, it's a whole different thing from my experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, uh, Lou, we'll give you the first go at this one. How many points will West Ham pick up over – Oh, by the way, uh, the ticket allocation answer here, um, we'll say no. 60% said yes. I assume this question could have been framed, should away allocations be higher? And people would vote the exact same. Um, so there you go. Uh, okay, Lou, what do you think? How many points will West Ham pick up over the next two games, which are Everton away and Sheffield United at home, 0-2, to two, 3, 4, or 6? Uh, well... I was about to say six, and I just realized I predicted 2-2 two, two for the Everton match, so <laughs> that wouldn't really add up. Um, I think four points would uh, be a good return. I'm, I'm actually going to the Sheffield match, actually. Oh, there you go. It's, uh, I've not been to one for ages, and then I'm going to two two in a row. So, But, uh, yeah, I think I'd take six points from the next two matches. Yeah, I'm in for six as well. Jeremiah, what do you got? I'm gonna go with four. I think that we, uh, I think we're gonna win this weekend. I think the Sheffield match, as much as we're gonna want to come out and uh, take advantage of that opportunity and kind of, you know, rub the Tevez masks in their face and all that other fun jazz is going on, I think that that's gonna be a, a tougher game than we might let on. So yeah, four. Jeff. Yeah, I'll just put it this way. I think anything less than four is gonna be a problem. So mm-hmm. I'll say four. All right. Uh, voting was in. It's rather sporadic. Uh, zero to two had nine percent. Three had, uh, which would be one win and uh, loss, was twenty-one percent. Four points, uh, a win and a draw, thirty-seven percent, and six points was thirty-three percent. Uh, I'd like to think Mark Noble will get the boys fired up and sort of explain that Sheffield history to them. I'd love a mm-hmm. film session on that behind closed doors with them. 
Uh, and guys, we will close it out with this question here. It's actually a really good question. I like it a lot. Uh, voting's already in. We voted. Uh, I voted on behalf of all of us, so we know the results. <laughs> Who has been the best West Ham graduate from the youth team in the last 10 years? Declan Rice, Mark Noble, James Tom, James Tompkins, or Jack Collison? And Jeff, you're starting. Wow, as much as I raved about Mark Noble uh, in the first segment, I think I need to go with Mark Noble, and that's only because we have longevity behind it at this point, right? I mean, Declan Rice could be everything Mr. West Ham, just like Mark Noble was, but we got about uh, 15 more years to wait for that to happen. So I'm going to say Mark Noble and really not give much consideration to the other two guys. Hey, uh, Declan Rice has already eclipsed them in international appearances. So. Well, that is true. <laughs> Jeremiah, what do you think? For two teams, for two international teams. That's right. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Think of that feat. Can't do that every day. Uh, I'm going to go with Noble as well. I w- my heart says Collison. I loved watching him play, and I should get to see him play in person. Um, Love watching it, and, you know, injury took a bite out of what amazing career I think he could have had. But, yeah, I think if you're looking long-term, Mark Noble's been the guy for sure. And, Lou, what do you think? Yeah, I was a bit confused about the word in the question at first because Mark Noble graduated about 15 years ago now. So, <laughs> but I thought he meant like actually graduated within the last 10 years. But I guess it means just who have graduated. Yeah, I, I um, think so. Yeah, so you can't really argue against Noble with his longevity. And, you know, I'd love Declan Rice to replicate or even eclipse him, but. I think it's going to be harder in this era. Yeah, and and he's got so much pull on him from external sources. He's not dealing with the West Ham going down to the championship, winning promotion, coming back up, and that taking years out of his prime like like Noble had. But, I mean, I want to say Rice because he's already accomplished so much and he's changed positions. Like like you said, Louis played for two senior international teams. Um, and he will go on to do more than Noble, obviously. Uh, you know, knock on wood that nothing happens to, to him in his career. But Mark Noble is just the epitome of loyalty. West Ham. I don't know if you can really, if you can really argue that at all. Also, greats ambiguous. You know, does that mean that? Sorry, who's been the best player? Best ambiguous. Is it best for West Ham? Best in general. Best on paper. Uh, most expensive. All that. Um, but guys, that'll do it for us. The winner of that was Mark Noble, 55%. Declan Rice, 42 Tompkins, 1. Collison, 2. Um, but yeah, that'll do it for us. Episode 39, as mentioned. Uh, the Midlife Crisis episode is up next. I never thought we'd make it past one episode, but here we are, approaching 40. Uh, we hope that the team performs well this weekend, of course. You'll get our prediction pieces come Friday or Saturday morning. Uh, and gentlemen, until next time, come on, you Irons. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. 
Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.